It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! My guest today is a veteran National Hockey League player. Nick Felino has played in the NHL for 16 seasons, most notably with the Columbus Blue Jackets, where he captained that team for six years. And now he's with the Boston Bruins right there in Beantown. We'll talk to this veteran about his uh, professional hockey career, but also what shapes him to be the man he is today. We'll get to know another side of Nick Foligno, but I'd like to welcome Nick. It's a blessed to play. Nick, great to have you on. Great to be on. Thanks for having me. So this is interesting to me. I, I know the chances of playing at the top level of any sport, whether it be the NHL, MLB, NFL, NBA, is lower than 1%, but yet your dad was a veteran hockey league player, um, and Mike and your brothers playing for the Minnesota Wild. So is it in the genes? Is it a learned behavior? What is it? You know what? I, I don't even know if we realize how fortunate. I mean, I think we do realize how fortunate we are, but I think growing up, um, you know, how naive we were to be like, yeah, we're just going to play hockey too, just like our dad. And, you know, going through the ranks and then actually making it, I, I think it's, uh, I think part of it is just our ignorance of, of this is what we wanted to do and uh, not realizing, you know, how, how special it is. But I think as we've gotten older and now have kids of our own, uh, you do realize, you know, when you said that the less than 1%, I mean, it's, it's pretty special that the three of us can share in this together Obviously, we were so proud of our father for playing in the National Hockey League, but I, but I think he's more proud of us being in the NHL now. So uh, it's a special bond that we have, and uh, we feel very, very grateful and humbled and blessed uh, because of it. So when did you know that you had on the radar that you were going to be a professional hockey player? I know you're part of the USA Hockey National Team Development Program. You, you played junior hockey in Sudbury, but when did it hit you that said, you know, I have a chance of making it to the, uh, the NHL? You know, when I was about four years, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I think, I think truthfully, uh, is when I got selected for the U.S. program. Uh, so I'd have been about 15, 16 years old. And I think that was the first time where I was like, okay, uh, you know, all these kids, my age group, and I'm, I am the best, you know, 20 players out of all of them, so to speak. And, um, you know, I think before that, you're just kind of in your own little bubble of where you're playing and you don't really realize on the national stage. Uh, where you match up. And I remember getting to that team and realizing how much work I had ahead of me was seeing the guys and how good they were uh, that I was playing with. But I think what excited me is that I was excited to get to work. I was excited to try and become better than them, uh, to become a better version of myself. I wasn't scared by it. I was, I was motivated by it. So I think that's kind of where I realized, all right, this is something I want to do. And, and, you know, the passion for the game really came out of me at that moment. And, you know, the rest is kind of history of working my way up and, and making sure that I made good on that promise to myself. I want to talk about being the son of a professional hockey player and the pressures that go along with that. So when Ottawa selected you in the 28th overall pick, I mean, it's, it's a high pick, and uh, now you're starting your professional career. Was it an added sense of pressure now to follow in your father's footsteps and to compete at that level? I think so. I think, you know, a lot of times when you when you get drafted and you have that name, uh, you know, instantly it's like, oh, you know, he's he's a lineage, a hockey lineage. He's only there because of his dad, blah, blah, blah. You have a lot of the shadow that you have to kind of get out from underneath. Yeah. And 
you know, even my first training camp, the number I got was my dad's old number, 71. And I didn't even care. I was just happy to be at the training camp. So, you know, there's all those little things. And, and, and I, I think people do it respectfully. They're not doing it, you know, the, to put added pressure on you. I just think that you're under a little bit more of a watchful eye. And, um, you know, but I, I wanted to forge my own path. And, you know, I think I was lucky to have a father who understood that and encouraged me and uh, gave me that opportunity to be my own man and to find my own way in the NHL, not try to fill my head with too many things that he knew, kind of let me fail a little bit or go through it as I went through it. And, um, you know, I think I became a better player and I think I respected him so much more for that. So, um, you know, it was, it was unique. I think I got, I got lucky in, in certain moments too, to understand what a pro locker room was like and being mm-hmm. around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that helped me a little bit adjust to the NHL life, but, you know, it was neat to go through those things and also to have that bond now with my dad and be able to call him after games and, and have that conversation of, of things. And, and he would talk about how much things have changed from when he played or how much things are similar. And, uh, you know, I was, I feel fortunate to, to have had a dad who played, but, uh, understood how important it was for him just to be a dad and enjoy that. And, I think he's done that my whole career. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with Nick Felino. He's uh, been in the National Hockey League forever, folks. Uh, he'll be entering his 16th season, and he's doing a bang-up job right there in Boston. Uh, I want to talk about having a brother also who's competitive like you. What was like that growing up? Did you guys sharpen each other? Uh, it must have been nice, or did you did you fight? Uh, tell us about that. My mother, God bless her. Um, she... We definitely fought. You know what's crazy is Marcus is four years younger than me, but you wouldn't know because he's four inches taller than me and about 20 pounds heavier than me. So uh, he was always a big kid growing up, and I think that kind of skewed what you know my views were on him. I, he was my goalie and then my one-on-one partner, and and you know a guy that him and I would would do everything together. And we're it's the reason why we're best friends to this day. I think we have a, such a special bond. Uh, we moved a lot, obviously, with my dad's job. So we always were each other's best friends before kind of venturing out and finding our own group. So, um, you know, we're, we're complete opposite personalities in a lot of ways. I mean, I think we both like to have fun and, and have a good time. But he's more of a laid back, chill kind of guy where I'm more intense and, uh, you know, need to keep moving. And um, <laughs> so it was interesting watching his career kind of start off because he was a pretty chill guy. The game almost came to him, you know, and you get so frustrated because uh-huh. – here I was working hundred miles an hour and Marcus would just kind of wait for that tap in or, you know, wait for that opportunity to score or make a play. And, um, but I, I couldn't be more proud of, of what he's become as a player and as a person. I think, you know, now a father of two girls and a husband, um, and just the, the man that he's become in Minnesota, the leader that he's become on that, in that hockey club. And, uh, it's been really fun to watch. I think if anything, my career, has been uh, really neat to kind of coincide with Marcus's and, and, and watch how he's grown as a player. And uh, and it pushes me, you know, because I want to continue to do well for him and, and continue to lead the way and show him the example. But he's he's taught me a lot along the way, too. So I think that that relationship that we've had has been really special. And uh, and it's a bond, I think, that's going to last, obviously, forever. And it's just so unique that we're, you know, brothers playing in, the, in a, you know the highest level possible. Yeah, that is a blessing. And Marcus does substantial philanthropic work himself, I believe, with uh, uh, eradicating cancer and, and working to that end. I, I have to ask you, though, you're playing in an NHL game with your brother. Who had the first substantial body check? <laughs> I think I think Marcus might have uh, got me in the first game. I was actually with Ottawa at the time, and he was playing in Buffalo his first first game. I think he got me in the corner, so I got to give him credit, but. I'll just take the win. We got the win, so that's all that matters. 
Um, but yeah, he, he'll he'll probably take the bragging rights on the first body check, which I, I should have I should have known was coming for all the years of beating up on him. Yeah, he had a, some payback is uh, definitely retribution for sure. I want to move ahead to your time spent in Columbus, and uh, you captain this team for six seasons, and you were a leader of men. Uh, talk about that dynamic and the leadership qualities you needed to bring to the locker room as the captain of an NHL team. Yeah, I think that was probably one of the biggest honors I've had throughout my career um, and being named as a captain. First of all, just that your peers, your teammates thought highly of, highly enough of you that they would want to lead, have you lead them and take that that charge. And so I took that really seriously. And then And then obviously the management to trust in me that, I was going to provide them the leadership and the the on ice example and the off ice example that they wanted out of their organization, and I was really proud to do that. I I fell in love with Columbus, um, the people, the fans, uh, the organization, the team, and and it just it felt like a perfect marriage. And I, I really I, I really you know believed in what we were trying to do and and trying to bring a championship team there. We obviously fell short, but I think there was so much pride throughout those years with the players that we had and. Uh, and what we were able to build on and off the ice. So, you know, I, I, I cherish that. I appreciate that opportunity so much. And I think it helped me grow as a player and as a person, and I hope it helped others. You know, I think that's, that's the biggest thing is, is did you leave it better than when you found it? And did you build people into a way to be leaders? And, you know, I look at some of the guys that have left there now, and I'm really proud to see how their careers have come. And there's a lot of guys in that room that worked hard to, to help build that next wave. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really thankful for that opportunity of having that chance to be a captain for that team and that city. Those fans are incredible and they embrace my family and, uh, and we tried to embrace them back and make them proud of what they saw on the ice. And, uh, like I said, it was a, it was a really special time in, in Columbus and I wish we, we would have been able to do a little bit more damage in the playoffs, but, uh, I think they were really proud of the team that we, we became and, and tried to be every night for them. Plus to play Ron Meyer once again, chatting with Nick Felino, long time. NHL player now with the Boston Bruins and Nick I think the, uh, when you're playing as long as you have which is a good thing there's going to be you have to be adaptable obviously trades and and now you're you're in Beantown with the Boston Bruins what makes a good NHL team I know there's the talent but is culture have a lot to do with it what goes on in the locker room I think it's probably the biggest thing you know I think talent absolutely wins you hockey games and you can't win in this league without talent but what separates talent is the the work ethic and and the culture in which you grow and, and build on that team with that talent. And I think that's what attracted me to Boston is, you know, it was something that we were, we, we felt like we had in Columbus for a few years. Um, and they just seem to have it in spades every year here. And I think it's led by, you know, obviously Zidane Chara was the, the guy who started it here, but you look at a guy like Patrice Bergeron and, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Brad Marchand, David Pasternak has now really grown into that role. And, um, you know, Brandon Carlo and now these younger players that have, have adopted what this culture was before. Um, it's special to be a part of and, and you know, and, and help. And I think that's what allows teams to become great is in the year in, year out, your, you know, your talent sometimes changes. But if it, your culture and the way you, you come to the work and work every day in the rink, sorry, and work every day. Um, I think it allows you to become that team night in and night out and, and have that success that you're looking for and the consistency that every team strives for. I mean, if you look at the Boston Bruins or any really team that's been in the upper echelon of the league, they have that every single year. They, just, you know who they, they know who they are. They're confident in who they are. 
and their culture allows them to get to that identity every single year. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in that, the, the belief in the room, uh, not just, you know, from what they're trying to do, but in, in each other. And when you have that, when you're ready to go to war for one another, when you're ready to do whatever you can for the brother next to you, whether it's make him better, push him a little bit harder. Um, it's incredible what your team can achieve, even if you have some shortcomings and, uh, you know, that's 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 what I feel is allow, allows teams to win in the NHL or any league, really. Yeah, that's very evident in the NHL playoffs when you see these players just sacrificing their bodies for a 100-mile-an-hour shot uh, that's guided right to their ankle and is probably going to shatter it, but yet they're willing to put their body in that position to save a goal or at least a good shot on net. So it, uh, hockey's one of the ultimate team games because as good a talent you could be like a McDavid or a Crosby or whatever, you have to have a surrounding cast to make you great. And it, so you see that team concept more so than other sports that you observed. Oh, absolutely. I think that's, what's beautiful about the game, you know, and team sports in general is that, you know, there's, you know, you have a family before obviously hockey and, and you'd do anything for that family. And then here it is another group of guys that sometimes you just met, but you're willing to go and do whatever you can to, you know, see them succeed. And or, you know, and, and that, I think that's just an incredible feeling of of love, which is a funny word to use sometimes in sports. But there is there's such a love uh, between players and on hockey teams. And, you know, you go to war for each other every single day. Uh, you do become like brothers. So yeah. uh, I think that's a beautiful part of the NHL. And, and what makes it so special is that guys are willing to do whatever it takes for each other to have success, uh, especially on a good team. And when you have that. When you can capture that and, and put that into your team, I mean, those are the teams you remember, and those are the teams that usually do something special. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to get to know another side of Nick Felino and uh, see what makes him to be the man that he is today when Blessed to Play returns right after this. Lord Jesus Christ, who are called the Prince of Peace, who are yourself our peace and reconciliation, who so often said, Peace to you, grant us peace. Make all men and women witnesses of truth, justice, and brotherly love. Banish from their hearts whatever might endanger peace. Enlighten our rulers that they may guarantee and defend the great gift of peace. May all the peoples of the earth become as brothers and sisters. May longed-for peace blossom forth and reign always over us all. Amen. Welcome back to Blessed to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by Nick Foligno. If you... Listen to the first half of the show. You know, he plays a lot of hockey. Uh, 16 seasons worth. Uh, he'd be entering his 16th season, I should say. But he uh, played with the Senators, the Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, the Maple Leafs. And now he's in Boston for the Boston Bruins. Uh, how about that? Playing for the Bees. And uh, we're going to get to know another side of Nick. Uh, Nick, the show is, wants to bring out beyond the talent what uh, makes an athlete valued center driven by other things besides their talent and for you i know your catholic faith means the world to you 
I know your dad had a strong Catholic faith, but and he passed that down to you. But tell us why your Catholic faith is important to you. Well, I, like you said, I think it was instilled in me at a young age that, you know, there's just there's only so much you can go by sight. You have to go by faith. And I think I was taught by my parents, uh, my dad, obviously, but my mother as well. And, you know, a lot of a lot of times the people <laughs> my dad was away a lot. So a lot of it fell on my mom and um, and her faith was just, you know, incredible. Uh, you know, a mother of four, uh, you know, a lot of times no husband around to help her out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she leaned on faith a lot. <laughs> Uh, to get us through. But, um, you know, I really appreciate that. I think I, I understood that there was just a bigger meaning beyond us, you know, and, and, and what this all meant. And that, you know, I think that's what excited me uh, about my faith was learning more, um, understanding that, you know, there was a higher power and, and that I was trying to, to emulate that in some degree. And, you know, that was the greatest gift you can give back. So, um, you know, for my parents, I appreciate that, that, you know, opportunity to to learn in my faith and to grow in that and i've enjoyed that journey and understanding who i am and i think it's allowed me to identify a little bit better who i am as a person and uh and living through my faith yeah absolutely and and faith doesn't mean that we're not going to have tough times in fact uh you had a tough time you had you had tough times in fact your mom died of cancer in 2009 which i know was devastating for you and it caused us to you know question our faith and what what is this all about but tell us about that process and and how you process that in relation to your faith. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because that was probably the first time my faith had been tested. Uh, you know, you, you go into this, you have your mother, she's 47 years old, and she passes away from cancer. And, you know, you're praying every day, and, you know, your prayers don't get answered to some degree, and you're, you're mad. And I remember just being so mad after she passed away at God. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, why, why could you do this to me? And the kind of the woe is me, and... You know, and and it, it took me a while to to get over it, and I honestly don't think I really was until uh, my daughter, uh, you know, and 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 having to go through that scary situation with her, mm-hmm. and I, I remember, you know, how I handled things with my mother, uh, just this angry and, and expecting, you know, answers. I'm a good person. This shouldn't work. You know, it shouldn't be this way. And and you know, it's it's all me based and not understanding, you know how faith actually works and then putting it to use and good use and saying, you know what, I'm not going to make that same mistake again and kind of handing over, you know, the, the pressures and responsibilities when my daughter, which is probably the hardest thing to do. You're a first time parent, but you know, your daughter's about to go in for open heart surgery at three weeks old and actually handing over her life to him and saying, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm at your mercy, God. And, um, and I thought it was the most powerful thing to kind of bring me back into understanding what faith is really about and um you know and, and you know and not just because it was a good story that she ended up coming out of it but i just i really realized that you know there are some things you just you have to give 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 up to you're you're not equipped for those things and trying to understand it's it's lived by faith and i i really i really felt like i grew as a person by doing that and i felt more powerful as a person to be honest with you i felt like the way of the world had kind of been lifted off my shoulders that i could lean on him more and, uh, you know, it was an incredible experience for me and understanding myself and, and my journey. And, uh, I think it's, it's, you know, shaped me as a person now and, and how I handle things and how I live. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, sad as weird as this sounds, I'm so appreciative for those moments because I think it's allowed me to open my eyes up and really understand my relationship with God. 
Chatting with Nick Felino, Boston Bruin. I want to talk about someone who's tougher than any hockey player that you played against and you referenced her is your daughter, Milana, who has a heart condition. She undergone two open heart surgeries, a number of minor surgeries in the last few years. But you talked about that vulnerability because you really can't control it. I mean, as as men, as people, we like to control and take our kids' pain away. But then there's those situations we just have to rely on God. I, I saw a picture of Milana, which is great. She has a stethoscope on and she's putting the chest piece on Nick's heart. And I know your wife, Janelle, has been inspirational and she authored a book to help children going through... Uh, you know, severe conditions and uh, stuff of that nature. But talk about, you must see the face of God in Milana about uh, her strength of character, her joy going through some unbelievable circumstances as a young girl. Absolutely. I mean, that is, if that's not the definition of, of God living through her, I mean, I don't know what is. Just, you know, here's a kid that, and even us as parents, you know, you're first time parents and, and you have a daughter who, uh, you love unconditionally as soon as she comes out and you find out she's going to have the fight of her life and you know and she's three weeks old and and for some reason when you looked at her you knew she was going to fight and you knew she had this this spirit in her and you know and she couldn't talk to you obviously and but the way she looked at you um just showed me such strength and and something bigger than than us, you know, and I, I couldn't believe it when I saw her. That's just how I felt. And she has that still to this day. Um, and I, I just love seeing that in her. And I can tell um, she's going to go on to do special things in life. But she's had, you know, a hard road. And uh, but she's always seems to come out of it. And, and she's just got such a joy about her. Um, and, and she's just such an incredible girl to watch as she's grown here and, uh, in some pretty difficult circumstances. And she's handled it with such um strength and courage and you know exactly what you said uh, she's the strongest person i know uh and, and she just keeps and that's what's so beautiful about kids and i think a lot of times you know you see god's work especially in children because they're just they're joyful even through the hardest of times mm -hmm. and that's something i admired so much about milana and it taught me so much about myself you know sometimes in hockey you know, you can, especially in the social media driven world, you can feel like the, the world is ending after a few losses or, or <laughs> things. And, you know, she just was always able to put things in perspective when you saw her and how she handled, you know, the, the worst kind of adversity. And, and, and not just my daughter, but as you sit in hospitals sometimes and you people watch, you know, you really see some of the most, um, strong people, uh, in what they're dealing with on a day to day basis. Uh, some kids never leaving that hospital. Some families never, you know, being able to leave for years. Uh, so, you know, I think you also start to get an appreciation and, and be thankful that, that God has, has given you, you know, the strength that you have. So, um, you know, I, I'm so impressed with her and, and just so proud of her as, as, a, as a little girl now at eight years old and, and how she handles her every day and is such an inspiration to so many. And I, I hope she understands um, the impact that she can have on this world and and I hope she does it, and I know she will do it through faith and through God, and uh, and she's an incredible little girl, and I'm so proud of her. Well, she's definitely made her mark in it, uh, and you were driven and inspired by this to do quite a, a great philanthropic work at Nationwide Children's Hospital right there in Columbus, and also at Boston Children's Hospitals where she had her surgery. So talk about your philanthropic work uh, with these hospitals and with heart defects and, and affecting newborns as well. Yeah, I think we just we feel so blessed uh first and foremost that you know we are in this position to be able to do it and I think one one thing my wife and I knew right away was that 
regardless of whatever happens, we wanted to do something and find a way to give back for so many people that gave us a chance at having a family um, and, you know, the, the support that we got from so many uh, along the way. We wanted to make sure that whatever was going to happen was we were going to give an opportunity to, to help somebody else out that was feeling as hopeless and as worried as we were at one point. And maybe being that, you know, pillar of strength or beacon of light for them. Um, so, you know, we were able to, you know, the biggest thing we've learned is through our daughter's cares, you know, research and uh, is so underfunded for children. You know, a lot of times research money and things go towards adults because they're just a bigger mar- uh, market and bigger population for that. So uh, that's something that we really wanted to direct our funds to is, um, you know, making sure that money was going towards the research that these brilliant doctors are doing. Um, you know, at Nationwide and at Boston and our surgeon, our cardiologist, um, some of the incredible work that they're doing is just, you know, they're, they're cutting edge stuff where, you know, now they're, they're finding ways to use stem cells to regrow valves, um, virtual reality to cut down and, um, um, operation time, which is an incredible thing. So they're actually able to do the operation even before they go into your child or person to, to know exactly how it's going to work so that, you know, 3D imaging and everything now with video games, and they're actually now thinking of ways to do that so that they can get in and go right to work and not have, you know, to, to kind of guess as they go through it. Um, you know, it, it just humbles you. And I think we just feel so blessed that we're in a position to do that and, and continue to do that. And, and we know that, you know, there's so many people to thank along the way. So this is a way of us giving back and allowing someone else to have the same success story that we've had. Um, we'll do anything we can to, to make that so. So it's it's been an amazing journey for us and one that will continue. And and we hope Milana is very proud because she's been a big part of it every step of the way. We love that she's now involved in, in giving back as well and understands the opportunities that she's been given. So it's it's been a real uh, special, special ride for our family and, and something so horrible that we're trying to turn into a positive. Yeah, it's a it's great uh, giving the gift of life. And with so much destruction we see nowadays in recent years to know that this money is going to a good cause and to, you know, give these kids a chance at life with good technology, uh, talented surgeons and doctors. And uh, I would encourage you to get a copy of uh, Nick's wife's book, Janelle's Dear Heart, A Letter to My Special Heart. And all the proceeds go to heart research and, and the families as well. So look that up and and get yourself a copy. Nick, it's been a joy getting to know you. I uh, I appreciate certainly what you do on the ice, but to know the man you are away from the ice is equally as important to uh, our listeners. And thank you for sharing that. And thank you for coming on Blessed to Play. I really appreciate it. Great to be here and appreciate what you're doing to shine light on a lot of great great people and great opportunities for, for all. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can like us on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For Nick Foligno, I'm Ron Meyer. We'll catch you next time right here on Blessed to Play. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.